Man, we gotta start using Apple Cash. Okay, why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages. All right. So I can pay you in the convos we're already having. Not forget a payment or have money sitting somewhere just collecting dust. Oh, that is nice. And then you can use that cash right away and buy stuff like at a store with Apple Pay. I don't have to do all that bank transfer stuff. Nope. It's just right there. Easy, convenient, and secure. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I'm Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And it is time for another happy hour, which as always means drink responsibly if you decide to do so. And also whatever you're doing, do responsibly <laughs> listening to this podcast, which speaking of very quick content warning, I don't think we're going to get into any details, but you know us, just a warning. Um, we're, we are going to talk about some sexual assault stuff. I think today we're going to be digging into some tropes from the 90s. So that might give you a, a taste of what we're going to discuss. Mm. Uh, Samantha, what are you sipping on? So I am making a play on figs because we, in my new house, have a giant fig tree in my backyard and they're now blooming and we are quite excited yes. about this. So we picked several figs. So I try to see if I can make like a fig type of gin and tonic. Ooh. Lessons learned. I need more figs. <laughs> but if you wonder okay. what, it's very sweet. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how sweet they were. And they're just nice and very delicious. But so I put a uh, metal fig with basil because we also have a little thing of basil. Yes. And I love herbs and everything with some agave. Don't judge me for the agave. <laughs> we've had it for a while. I need to use uh -huh. it up. Won't buy it again. Mm -hmm. And muddled it up together and then added gin, shook it up, put it in my drink, added some... Uh, Tonic water, because I, I couldn't figure out what exactly I wanted. I might have to play with that a bit. Uh -huh. um, but yeah. And now I have a fig gin and tonic with basil. So it has to be something different, I guess. That sounds delicious. You have definitely mixed it up with this one. And you've got a lot yeah. of fresh ingredients. I'm very jealous. I got to figure it out. What would you do again? I am drinking, uh, as I told you, Samantha, I had some very kind friends who hung out with me recently. and. Uh, 
They went to buy me drinks because it was the anniversary of my father's death. And I drank vodka on that day and they drank all my vodka. I love you all. I didn't judge you. But anyway, they went to go (laughs) replenish my stock and they came back with an assortment of drinks that I associate with like early drinking. (laughs) Right, As in they don't match very well. Uh, But one of those things they got was actually not alcoholic, but it's like this fancy uh, lemonade from Italy. I mixed that with some vodka and some sparkling water, and it's quite refreshing. Quite refreshing. Mm -hmm. I like a good lemonade. Yeah. Essentially, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I've recently learned, and I would love for listeners to write this in, we did lemonade as a topic on Savor, the other podcast I do recently, and apparently... Lemonade is not a very big deal outside of the South in the United States. So I would well, love if people wrote in. <laughs> I mean, it's some, yeah, I feel like that's a very Southern thing, but also it has that kid child thing. So mm, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's part of it. It's not mm-hmm. very sophisticated. Oh, far. <laughs> you know, and outside of South, you got to be sophisticated. Is this your southern accent? I don't know. Because I have one without having to do one. So yeah. pretending like I'm... I, southern Bell thing is not me. I can't uh-huh. do that. <laughs> I can't do a southern accent either. Uh, I got called into an audition once where they were like, we want your southern accent. And what I've discovered is what they what they meant is they want their very over-the-top southern accent that exists in TV right. but isn't actually reality. <laughs> well, you've heard us. Uh, what movie were we watching that I, I kept getting worse and worse? X. Was yeah. it X? Was it X? Yes. Was it that Oh, one? I hope so. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that was real bad. Because, um, yeah, they were supposed to be in Texas. And, of course, Texas accent is different from... Uh, Southeast accents, every accent is different. We know this. Uh, mm-hmm. Deep South accent is different from antebellum accents. Like mm. it's, it's varied. Um, it's but true. yeah, it gets worse when we try. Truth, truth. Uh, <laughs> I am currently trying to cast Samantha among other people in our Sminty fiction series. And there's there's a part of me that would like revel in being like, do your your best worst Southern accent go. Not alone. <laughs> Not Jesus. I mean, Knives Out is a great example as well. Well, all of uh, Walking Dead as well. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes. No offense to uh, the English. I'm sure the English really hate when Americans, specifically yeah. Southern Americans, are trying to do English accents. But like having English actors do Southern accents is a whole different conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was what happens with X. Yes, that frequently happens. Um, and as someone who once did a whole monologue and what I thought was great British accent. I apologize. And yes, also. <laughs> well, also yeah, I feel like also the show True Blood, so yeah. many English uh, actors trying to do New Orleans accent. Oh, yes. no. Oh, no, indeed. <laughs> oh, no, indeed, Samantha. And this is coming from a place of love, which is where yes. this episode is coming from, actually, Jesus, too. Yes, yes. So I did want to ask you, because we are going to be talking about some 90s tropes in here. Um, Samantha, what's your favorite 90s accessory that's no longer? Oh, I was... See, now, I'm trying to remember because Mm -hmm. I will hit to the late 90s uh, Mm -hmm. because that was my coming into my own fashion years. Mm -hmm. So, butterfly clips. Yes. uh, Which have come back, I've seen. um, As well as, do you remember the little spiky band 
headband things that if you put it back, it looks like it makes your hair streak and then it kind of poofs up. Yes. Uh, I forgot what it was like, those stretchy bands. I know what you're talking about. But it's plastic about. and it's mm-hmm. all just like sharp comb looking ones. Yeah. I loved those two things. They made me feel glamorous without having to feel glamorous. Uh-huh. The butterfly clips, when you just rolled it on top of your head and put little clips, I wore that as yes. a prom uh, outfit, <laughs> hairdo. Do you have a picture? Oh, I'm sure I do. I'm not oh, showing please. you now, but yes, I'm sure I do. It's also during the, the time of corset dresses. Yes. So I yep. loved, loved those because as a thick girl with thick legs and that was trying mm-hmm. to hide them, not only were I, was I able to like suck it in mm-hmm. with the corset dress, but it floofed out with tool mm-hmm. or whatever. And it was very spinny princess-like. That was, it was, and it was light yellow. Ooh. It was very spring with butterflies. Sounds lovely. I would have loved that too, to be honest. I'm not even being <laughs> for Jesus. That is absolutely <laughs> something I would have loved. I also love the butterfly clips. I was discussing with my friends the other day. I went through a big Claire's phase and I would just like save up money and go to Claire's and I would get like the lip gloss that had like the stars and hearts yeah. in it, which was so uncomfortable, but like... Yeah, I hated that. I, I couldn't I have felt. sticky things. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the discussion we're having, I feel like the 90s fashion was all about being uncomfortable. <laughs> you've got like a spiky headband. You've got that yeah. bracelet that was too the tight and could bracelet. hurt you. Yeah. Slap bracelets were genius. Uh, but you know, they also had the skater pants. Oh, that's true. That was very, very, like the bigger the better. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous and hilarious. They also had airwalks, which we just, I just talked about my partner. He's like, I never had that as a kid. And I was like, I don't think I did either. I think I borrowed my friends who had everything. But those were the most comfortable, ridiculously clown looking shoes that I <laughs> was like, yeah, this is, these are amazing. Timberlands yeah. were in as well. Yeah. The, the 90s was an interesting fashion time. Mm-hmm. Overalls. Yeah. They were also Overalls. In. Overalls. Uh, you saw me wear a pair recently because I saw my friend, Marissa. Hello, Marissa. She wore some and I was like, yes, I want to wear them. Yes, you were very cute. Uh, flannel. Flannel was huge. I, oh my God, that was the era of me wearing three layers all the time and one of it yeah. had oversized unbuttoned flannel shirt. Yes. I was cool like that. I'm not. <laughs> Me too. Um, I loved the flannel and I, I was made fun of in middle school because I would wear many layers frequently. And I had a friend stand up for me once and she was like, that's what she's comfortable with and you leave her be. I still think about that. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> Good friends. <laughs> for sticking up with my quite eclectic fashion. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say. Also, high-waisted jeans. Very popular. Mm-hmm. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? 
Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories. No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Okay, all of this, I... So recently, I was on this podcast called Tossed Popcorn, which is about movies and watching the AFI best, the 100 top movies. Uh, they watch through them and they have things called uh, mini pops. So I was a mini pop guest and I came out pretty hard against movies from the 80s, which I like to make the point, there are plenty of 80s movies that I love, but I feel like if you miss the nostalgia factor of some of them, then you missed it. Um, mm-hmm. and oh, absolutely. The, yeah. And there are plenty of like 80s things that I like. Like I like 80s music a lot of times, like 80s style a lot of times. And in that, I contradicted myself because I said, like, the most overrated movie that I could think of was Top Gun, and then the most underrated was Return of the Jedi, and they're both from the 80s. So whatever. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about that, and uh, in lieu of that episode coming out, I would just want to be clear that, like, the 90s are extremely problematic, too, when it comes to movies. I think they were problematic in a different way. There are similarities, but also differences. A part of this is also from an argument I had with my brother's fiance, who was like, the 90s are so great and the 80s basically suck, which whatever. But I was like, let's hold on now. <laughs> I feel like there's still some issues in the 90s. Um, and we have talked about this before when we talked about like Britney Spears. Um, I think we cut the Lindsay Lohan bit eventually, Mm -hmm. but we did have a bit about Lindsay Lohan as well Mm -hmm. and our treatment, our toxic treatment of women from that time. But uh, I also, just to be clear, I do love a lot of like 90s shows and 90s movies, but I do think there was a very specific form of toxicity 
in the 90s. Because as we've discussed, that was when there was like third wave feminism um, and we were seeing, you know, happy witches and unhappy witches and vampires and vampire slayers and all of this stuff. But it still seemed to come in this idea of women have to look a certain way, often involving crop tops, tight crop tops and jeans, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is, if you want to wear that, fine. But I felt like it was very put upon women. And also just, I was watching these 90s horror movies and so many of them were the woman due to her sexuality, which I think is a commentary on, oh, you want to be sexual? Well, then you're going to get a stalker you're going to get somebody trying to kill you. You're going to bring some negative thing onto you by being this feminist sexual woman. So it felt like a very big backlash to me, a lot of the stuff I was watching, of feminism. I don't know if you have a similar experience. You know, I I think, yeah, I would agree to a certain extent for sure that it felt like it was trying to regress back into being like, okay, you can't be this, but these are going to be the backlash. I feel like I always saw them, for me, they were always secondary. Even in the movies that they're supposed to be stars of, they were secondary and because they're trying to find that relationship. So for men, it could be redemption or, you know, father figures. For women, it was mainly like, um, it's always going to be about finding a partner, a man, always a man, and or they're dying, so therefore they have to be avenged and all you see is the memories. And or, yeah, they're uh, spinsters all their life and who has to get uh, tamed by a man. That's what I feel like I remember. Uh, Clueless Mm -hmm. was one of them because I did Mm -hmm. love it, but it was kind of that, like finding that perfect match. That was her whole deal. The movies, like uh, even The Matrix, like she takes a back seat. Seven was one of those as well. Like... I remember that clearly. Goodwill Hunting was <laughs> that competition that you talked about. Like that was always just secondary to me. Yeah, and and it was even the ones that they were supposed to star in. It still was like, eh. yeah, they don't really exist for being an individual person. Yeah, and and to reiterate, if I haven't, there are plenty of like '90s movies I love, and there are plenty of things that we like and are problematic. We know they are. But I I just feel like it was a specific type of like faux feminism Mm -hmm. where male writers and directors were tapping into this movement and were like, okay, we'll put, you know, a woman front and center. But by being front and center, they were kind of taking this messaging of, oh, it's empowering for her to want to dress this way and do this thing and find this man because she's a woman, which can be true. But I feel like they were just doing it as a front to continue to do what they had been doing right. under like the the pretend, oh, but I can check that feminist checkbox, right? I We've done the thing. And, then, you know, I just, there's something about it that I was watching it. I'm like... I don't think this is as empowering as you think it was. (laughs) Right. Well, like, absolutely. Reese Weatherspoon would have been the top tier of the 90s girl, and Fear was her growing up movie, uh, for sure. Although, have you ever seen Man in the Moon? I have, but I literally only remember the part where she's kissing her hand. Yeah, <laughs> of course you do. Um, but yes, uh, that so that was her first movie, from what I remember. I think, like, first or second movie. Um, and... 
she was coming from being, you know, it was the coming of age for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but like she had to strip that off to be, because also she was very cute and cutesy. So they were trying to kind of make her see, be seen as sexual, which we've talked about. Before, well, you have to fit these categories in order to fit the mold. And if you get too old, you're not going to have a career because that yeah. if you can't hit that mold, you're going to miss out. So I found yeah. that interesting. But yeah, she's definitely one of those actresses as well. Although we know who she is and how amazing her repertoire is and like her her skills and abilities. And we know it goes beyond that. But it does set up, especially young women at that point in time. But I was trying to look through, as you were talking about this, the uh, top 10 movies. And so a recent list came out from On Parade with the top 10 90s movies. And honestly, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Of course, it's a predictable Pulp Fiction who... We know Uma Thurman's character is almost the beginning of the Pixie Manic girl uh, that what we see later in the 2000s, which mm-hmm. we've talked about before. But like we have the movie Silence of the Lambs, which Jodie Foster plays this very different character that we don't typically see in these gritty movies. But she becomes a hero, like her own heroine in mm-hmm. this movie. It's like, okay, that stacks up differently. Uh, we see Isles Fargo, which I forgot about. Yeah. And she, like, she's a different character altogether in general, Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Dermot. Like, she just kind of has her own role in this, and she they defied it, which is why it won so many awards at that point in time. But yeah, I do remember, like, yeah, they did define, but they had to be almost asexual or masculine in character. Yeah. I found that fascinating, of course, as as we know. But then they also had another one outside of the Pulp Fiction, as we talked about, Titanic. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> and and her character in general, like the whole wispy fighting, like she's exactly what you're talking about. Mm. She's trying to be independent, but she can't be independent. But because she's independent, she becomes uh, an old maid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But has a very nice necklace that she throws into the ocean for some unknown <laughs> reason and ridiculous reason. Yeah. Oh, Girl, pawn that thing. We should talk about that. That'd be fun. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand. Tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. 
Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories. No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because Golden Hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Many strides were made in the 90s, but it felt like it was still only within these parameters. Right, right. You can. But you can't be all of these things. Right. It was a very slow moving forward. And there was a lot of toxic stuff that we've talked about where it felt very... I mean, Britney Spears was a great example of you have to be the innocent, innocent, like, childlike Madonna, I guess, or mm-hmm. the whore. Like, you you can't be there. And it felt very, just a lot of the clothing choices, which, again, if that's your choice and you want to wear it, then I'm all for it. But it did feel like a lot of stuff we saw in the 90s was very tailored to the male gaze. And also, like like you said... I mean, I was recently stunned by that interview with um, Laura Dern. I didn't know she was 23 in Jurassic right. Park. And he was like 45 plus. Like right. that age difference. Like I remember watching Entrapment with Catherine Zeta-Jones <laughs> and Sean Connery and being like, as a as a young person, like, no. <laughs> right, right. No. <laughs> well, is it during the 90s that we see the tropes of like the women hooking up with the, both the father and the son? Or has that always been a thing? I can't remember because I'm thinking about also like the later, uh, as you talk about Sean Connery, mm-hmm. the later series in Indiana Jones where Sean Connery plays yeah. Harrison Ford's father and the woman character is tricking them both. Like it's just right. like, and I remember seeing that as a twist on all the things. I was like, why is this always a thing? Right. That's a good question. I, I feel like we've opened a lot of boxes for future episodes. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I mean, there's so many 90s movies I love. And some we've talked about on our Feminist Movie Friday, like The Mummy. But I just was, after I did that episode, and I was thinking about the 80s and 90s, and there's plenty of things left to unpack then and still now. <laughs> right. And still now. And still now. It felt like a very particular brand of like, you can have this much women, but only this much. And then we're going to sell it as something that's very feminist and empowering. Anyway, it's just been on my mind. And I'm sure we'll return to this in the future. But in the meantime, 
Cheers. Cheers. Yes. And to you listeners. As always, if you have any suggestions for future topics or movies or whatever we should cover, please let us know. You can email us at stephaniemomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I've Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And cheers. And cheers. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times, every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.